Well, right now, it feels like there is a lot of hopelessness, I think, in this Israel and Gaza war. Issues that have been simmering and barely held in check for years, now just causing so much damage and destruction. It wasn't always this way, though. Those of us of a certain age might remember a time back in the early 1990s when there was actually some hope. I mean, do you remember the Oslo Accords, an actual agreement negotiated between the Israeli government and the Palestinian Liberation Organization? What happened to that hope? What has gone wrong in the 30 years since then? Well, Dr. Amna Naran is a professor of international politics in the Middle East at the City University of London and joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Aran, what has gone wrong? Or maybe for those who don't remember, let's start with the Oslo Accords. How significant were they? The Oslo Accords were extremely significant. Uh, They were signed between Israel and the Palestinian Liberation Organization. and That was the first time that an Israeli government and the the sole representative of the Palestinian people actually agreed to recognize each other. And at the time, therefore, they were really considered as a breakthrough. Okay, so then what happened? So the Oslo Accords were initially supposed to last only uh, five years. And interestingly, we are now over 30 years and they're still with us. There are a number of reasons that I think uh, brought the Oslo Accords to ultimately fail, and they concern both sides, Israel and the Palestinians. From the Israeli side, I would highlight the impact of Jewish settlements, which um, expanded and increased uh, in number. And I would also underscore the leadership of Prime Minister Netanyahu, who first came into power in 1996, uh, rather than merely, rather than simply cancelling the uh, agreements or revoking them, which would have exacting from him a very high price. He simply uh, dragged feet, uh, reneged on agreements, and ultimately, you could say, killed um, the agreements kindly. Um, On the Palestinian side, there were also some significant factors, and and the most important, to my mind, were undiscriminate terrorist attacks against Israeli civilians. Uh, Hamas, which is very much in the news now, was actually the first organization to introduce suicide bombers into the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and since then really has carried out countless of attacks uh, against uh, Israeli civilian targets uh, indiscriminately. Uh, so I think those would really be the main factors that I would highlight. One more that I would say possibly is the wavering leadership of President uh, Yasser Arafat, the late President Yasser Arafat. At times, he seemed that he was very much in support and very much committed to the Oslo Accords. But then again, in other instances, he seemed to be uh, equivocating at best and actually undercutting uh, the Accords um, at worst. And maybe we should also point out here, like what happened to the leadership of the people like for the people who signed this? Like what happened to the Palestinian Liber- Liberation Organization after that? And, and what happened to the government in Israel that signed that? So, of course, there was the tragic um, assassination of Prime Minister uh, Yitzhak Rabin in 1995 by an Israeli settler on the 4th of November 1995, uh, which was one of the most significant setbacks uh, to the Oslo process. Uh, Rabin was probably the most trustworthy leader from the Palestinian side. And after his assassination, uh, they lost confidence significantly uh, in Israel's ability to carry uh, the process through. And of course, Rabin's leadership at the time uh, uh, proved to be probably uh, irreplaceable, certainly by his successor, uh, Shimon Peres. Uh, Interestingly, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which also uh, um, subsequently, if you like, still exists, 
but now really the main representative of the Palestinian people in the West Bank uh, is actually a body that emerged in the Oslo process called um, the Palestinian Authority. And over the years, the Palestinian Authority has lost a lot of its legitimacy due to uh, really presiding over very corrupt policies in the West Bank and also seeing, being seen by many Palestinians as collaborating with Israel and effectively being a subcontractor of the Israeli occupation of the West Bank. So does, is that optimism then just completely gone? Is that, do you think, as close as they were ever going to come to perhaps ending this? Well, I think certainly in the last 30 years, I would say that probably 1994 uh, was the most optimistic year in the sense that uh, by that point, Israel and the PLO were able to actually sign uh, two agreements, the first being the Declaration of Principles, and afterwards Israel uh, withdrew from parts of the Gaza Strip and also the Jericho area, which is in the West Bank. Uh, and concurrently, uh, Israel and Jordan signed a peace agreement, which still lasts uh, uh, up until today. And Israel commenced negotiations with several other Arab countries. I think that year really epitomized the sense of optimism that actually it is possible to both reach some sort of uh, end uh, uh, and a peace agreement on the Israeli-Palestinian front and also possibly use that for a broader Arab-Israeli peace. But the combination really of rising terrorism, Jewish settlements, the assassination of uh, Prime Minister uh, Rabin, all that really also chipped away very significantly in the legitimacy that both Israelis and Palestinians had in the Oslo Accords. And since then, uh, there have been ups and downs, but the general trajectory has certainly been uh, downwards. Uh, and we see that very much uh, in the horrific war that is currently taking place between Israel and Hamas. Dr. Iran, this was a huge part of your life, wasn't it? You, you grew up in Israel. That was that was when you were kind of in your formative years, in your early 20s, all this was happening. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Um, I grew up in Israel. I also uh, established an Israeli-Palestinian uh, non-governmental organization which promoted the rights, tried to promote the social rights of Israelis and Palestinians who live within Israel. And I think that also reflected very much the initial sense of optimism that we saw back then uh, during the 1990s. And I think it is very important in this very dark moment to actually remember that um, up until 1987 even, uh, Gazans used to go into Israel and work uh, it was in the context, of course, of, a, of an occupation, but there were also social relations between Israelis and Palestinians, labor relations between Israel and Palestinians. And it has not always been uh, uh, this kind of murderous relationship that we are seeing currently at the moment, not least the murderous uh, attacks that Hamas perpetrated from the West Bank onto Israeli kibbutzim, uh, murdering um, elderly uh, women uh, uh, children uh, and men. So I think it is important that it has not always been thus, and maybe, only maybe, when this horrific war ends, we can pick up the pieces and try and take stock and see how one can actually return or at least begin to build um, a present that looks uh, that does not look at all like what we're seeing now. Uh, before I let you go, I also just want to ask you what your impressions are of what the reaction has been from Israelis towards their government, the reaction from Palestinians towards Hamas. Uh, it, it seems to be quite different. Like they, people, the average person wants peace. 
Well, I, I, I think the, the reaction has been very interesting to follow. Um, are you referring to the reaction to the current events? Or, or? Yes, like there has been, there's not just universal support, it would seem, for the Israeli government from its people. Yeah, so I think the, the response in Israel has been quite interesting to watch. I think there has been over the past year uh, unprecedented criticism and also followed by demonstrations against the Netanyahu uh, led government, a very extreme right-wing uh, government. Um, and I think the day of reckoning with the Netanyahu government will come, but it will come after the war. I think at the moment there is uh, almost a universal consensus in Israel to put to one side uh, the huge questions that loom over the conduct of the Netanyahu government, and specifically its monumental failure not to anticipate this kind of attack and also the complete failure of the IDF to uh, uh, respond when Israeli citizens were being murdered for hours within Israeli territory. Remember, this is not the West Bank or the Mm -hmm. Strip. So I think there are huge questions that are arising above that, but they they will be postponed at the moment to the end of the war unless... The cabinet, the war cabinet led by Netanyahu will really perform very badly once the uh, ground offensive will commence, assuming that it does. And then the same questions might come back uh, uh, earlier than one had anticipated. Um, I think with regards to the Palestinians, we're seeing uh, possibly a similar situation. I think um, there is currently support primarily to the population in the Gaza Strip. Uh, I think initially when the news about the uh, murderous attacks that Hamas perpetrated inside Israel, there were signs of uh, almost jubilation at some quarters of um, the Palestinian society. There were also understandably uh, grave concerns which were not expressed as uh, in, in the same kind of voiceless manner. Um, at the moment, though, uh, I think we're going to see a rallying to the flag on both sides uh, uh, and how things will really move forward depends on how the war uh, uh, will progress. Uh, and of course, depends also on the how quickly the humanitarian situation in Gaza um, deteriorates and whether that will have an impact on the war itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also depends very much on whether Israel whether the Israel and Hamas war will actually transform into a regional war, which is something that the United States, of course, is trying very, very hard to prevent. And that's why they have offered this uh, unequivocal, very strong support, military, economic and political to Israel at this moment in time. Well, Dr. Iran, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.